This is a Polar Star Podcast. My name is Lee Nason, and thank you for hitting play on my show today. This is the Polar Star Podcast, where I have conversations with artists, entertainers, and business owners that call Maine home. My guest this week is Brad Schillinger, a.k.a. Skrillinger. He's a glass artist, and he is one of the most talented people I've ever met. His glass truly blows my mind. You should go follow him on Instagram at Skrillinger. If you like this show, please subscribe where you listen. Tell a friend and visit PolarStarPodcast.com for updates on everything we're doing out of the Polar Star studio. Please follow Tim Duffy's show at A Better Tomorrow Uh, on Instagram and Twitter. We'll have release date coming on his show very soon. We're packaging it up, getting it ready for you. And stay tuned for some very exciting news on another show we're working on here. I couldn't be more excited to bring you this to you guys. I can't wait till I have more information to share with you. Stay tuned here. Visit PolarStarPodcast.com. If you have something to say about me or the pimple on my face, email PolarStarPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to hear from you, good or bad. Anything's fun. I'll read it on the show. We'll all have a laugh. With no further delay, here is Brad Schillinger, a.k.a. Skrillinger. Thanks for being here, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's good to like see you. Like We live in the same building and stuff. And I know. We see each other running back and forth every once in a while. But If there wasn't fucking pandemic, we'd be chilling more. Yeah, sure. I, I hope. If there wasn't pandemic, I'd be working constantly. Yeah, definitely. You know? And you, you are really good at what you do. I mean, that's... Like, I, of course, I like you as a person. Oh, like, like that. Um, but the last time I was here, I knew you did like sound design and that sort of thing. And yeah, I try. I try to create work for myself. And the last time I was here with Murph, um, the way that you mixed it was so interesting to me. That's why I was like, yeah, man, let's do this. Like, I just believe like in whatever. here in headphones, just like, yeah. just like we're talking right now. Yeah, man. Cause really? I, I grew up like playing in punk bands and stuff and we would always put the headphones on and oh, yeah, like yeah. record. It sounded like shit. <laughs> and I check out milk spot, you know, like that's the fucking on SoundCloud milk spot. Really? But, uh, yeah, you we'll, hear we'll the, get it out there. The punk band I was in 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, so thank you. I appreciate the compliments. Um, but uh, you are a glassblower. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, what I do for my job, and it's like my passion as well. It's like a weird sort of thing. Yeah, but you yeah. basically you make your living on on a hundred percent. Yeah, selling your glass. A hundred percent. Yeah, um, it's incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, where where it's just so we can hear it from you. Where can we find it? Um, so I have. Some work at the Blazing Ace, and I guess like that's the only place in Portland because like during pandemic or whatever, fucking uh, um, Aware is now like switching over to like medical. So I okay, don't, I don't know like selling medical marijuana. They haven't been picking up glass. Yeah, like I don't they I don't think they're gonna be selling glass anymore. And then the higher concept isn't uh, around anymore. So as for um, Portland, at least the Blazing Ace has some work. Um, for Maine overall, Riptide is like great up in Belfast. They pick okay. up a lot of my work. The work's amazing. The they, work's yeah, truly amazing. You. What's your Instagram? Just uh, so Skrillinger. People... Skrillinger. Skr- yeah, Skrillinger. Yeah. Okay. Just so people can hear it from you and find you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, stuff. sure, sure. So uh, where are you from? 
I am from, well, I was like born in uh, New York, but I'm from, I grew up in, uh, like in the Miami area, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, like Hollywood, Pembroke Pines, which is like technically Broward, but like spent most of my time in Miami. It's like right on the border of, uh, Broward County in Miami. Okay. Did you go to like high school there? Yeah. Yeah. I went to high school there. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause you, you spent the beginning of of the quarantine there right you went home yeah so um yeah crazy story so like last year or like i don't even know like it feels like 2020 didn't even really happen you know what i mean it, it's like yeah. when i say last year i'm talking about 2019 so yeah <laughs> yeah I, dude i do that too i do the same thing and then people are like that was two years i'm like whatever like you dude, know this what I'm past year about. didn't really happen it was a mulligan dude it was like <laughs> it was a mulligan year. yeah it just it like like I stayed back in eighth grade. I stayed back in second grade. Like we just stayed back. Wait, year. did you really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I stayed back twice. Hey, why were you held back in uh, eighth grade? So I I go through it in uh, episode one. <laughs> okay, so you went to high school in Florida. Yeah, I went to high school in Florida. And you were like a punk kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I was like a hippie first, then became a punk. You were know you? what I mean? Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, like, I still don't have it figured out, but at the time, it was like, these people don't fit in also. Yes. You know, so that's what I gravitated towards. Like, I'm not... I get that. I can't fit... I was smoking, like, weed all fucking day. When did you start smoking weed? Like, 12. Really? That is pretty young. I was eating mushrooms at, like, 13. Really? Yeah, like... Every weekend, you know, so in Florida, there were what do you get from mushrooms when you're 13? Free. I'm always curious, free, free, because there were all these cow pastures in Florida. So we would go out to the fields and we'd pick the mushrooms. I meant like mentally, but oh, you were you literally get? like finding the mushrooms. Yeah, on yeah. Cow that, we, shit. we had a friend that was like 18 or 17, and he like were knew. you like learning introspective things so you about know, yourself? Well, like, you know, what's interesting, I or were you just high and laughing? No, it was super introspective. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, um, it's re- kind of interesting because, like, I could never imagine being resentful towards my parents. And I feel like, you know, I was going through adolescence as I'm eating mushrooms and taking acid and shit all the That's time. That's my question. Which is yeah, weird. Because I, yeah. I, got, I got it. So I started smoking weed about 14. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get into psychedelics until college. I think that's the yeah, that just makes sense. You know, <laughs> that's the way like, go, it just yeah. wasn't introduced. You sure, know, sure. there were people doing heroin, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a lot of psychedelics in my where town. Did, where did you grow up again? Wilmington, Mass. Okay, yeah, Mass. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you wanted pills, there were plenty. Sure. And sure. I never really touched that stuff um, until like after psychedelics. Oh, right. But, but like, it just wasn't introduced to me. So I am always curious um, about, you know, what, cause like, I still feel like I took psychedelics too young and I was 20, oh, you know, wow. like yeah. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing Dude, I stopped- and I was playing with a power that I I wasn't aware of a hundred percent. And it like broke my brain for no. a little while. Dude, like I stopped tripping when I was, uh, 15 because I had a really bad experience. Okay. And, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and you know, like what, what, what can we talk about that experience? I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it wasn't great, but like 
I was thinking about like how maybe it had affected me taking it so early or whatever, like taking hallucinogens so early. Um, and I think it let me forgive my parents. Okay. Like looking back on it. Yeah. You know, cause there was this, like all of those experiences so young, sort of just like, they're like, you're nothing. You know what I mean? They're like, I already felt like it breaks you down. Like socially, I already felt like an outcast. Right. Yeah. But then I had these existential experiences where I, at my core felt like nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. Nobody was anything. I'm nothing. And it made everything a lot easier the to deal in with. the wind. It made everything a lot easier to, de- to deal with. I f- wasn't angry at my parents anymore. Wow. Um, that being said, I was doing stuff that would make them angry, like eating acid all the time and like yeah. skipping school and smoking weed and like fucking, you know, stealing shit from stores and stuff like that. But sure. like, I didn't like their anger towards me didn't really mm-hmm. affect me after a point. And it didn't feel like rebellion because it wasn't towards them. Okay. Once like the hallucinogens came into it, which is kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, I didn't even start to think about that stuff until, you know, my mid twenties until like my mom, you know, got divorced and then remarried. And then I started to just kind of see her as like a, as like an old lady. Right. And that's when I started to being able to forgive her. I was like, Oh, she's just old. And like, so it's such a weird thing. Like yeah. realizing your parents are people like, and you. That, that's yeah. what helped me. I was like, Oh, she's just trying doing her best. You know, yeah, I, with the situation given. I, I, I think the, the hallucinate, like doing the drugs and stuff really young. Um, and the way that they, my parents dealt with it. Like they just didn't know what to do. And I don't blame them. Imagine if you had a 13 year old kid and I've just talked to my parents about my, like, I'm eating mushrooms or whatever. And my mom would freak out. You were honest even then? hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Because of the mushrooms, you know? <laughs> really? hundred percent. You just felt like you had to come clean. I just felt like I wasn't doing anything wrong. Okay. So I should be able to talk about it. And I wasn't doing good in school or anything. Like I had no right. See, I come from it a little bit different. I was always told not to do drugs. Drugs were always vilified from my parents. And then like even when I started smoking weed it was like a problem, you know, like I'd get caught with something here and there. And it was like, it was a big problem. And I, and my mom was always really strict about it because, because my father's a drug addict and he wasn't in my life because of that. And she was like, you're going to turn into him. And, and like, and, and, and like would give me these like cliche, how can you tell a drug addict's lying? His mouth is moving and like things Mm. like that. And like really like vilified it. And like, <laughs> it didn't do much good because I d- ended up becoming one anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. But I do what I say. I mean, the good thing to come out of it is that I it was instilled like I do what I say. I don't just say things to say things because yeah. like the vilification of like being a liar was yeah like definitely. instilled in me so young that it's like that's what the problem with doing drugs is that you become unreliable. So I've always been like hyper reliable. Yeah. Like to a fault almost. No, same, know? same. And it may be the combination of the mushrooms and my parents fucked up divorce. You okay. know, like my, 
you know, my, my dad was a drug addict as well. And then my mom sort of just like telling me all this fucked up shit about my dad. And then my dad telling me all this fucked up shit about my, my mom. And then I probably just felt like, oh, well. How old were you? Oh, so young, man. Uh, like. Right. Kind of right before you started. Yeah. Like pretty much like when I got, they got divorced when I was like five. So like up until. Oh, wow. Uh, so that, that is that yeah. to when I started eating mushrooms, you know? So same and, with and, my parents. So I don't mean to cut you up, but same no. with my parents, but I wasn't caught in the middle like that. Oh, I was definitely. So how was it like, so being caught in the middle and this is, and from five to, you know, 12, right. those are pretty influential years. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So you remember that kind of it being instilled on you? Oh, that's a fucked up thing. I don't. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't. I think I blacked it out. Because it was traumatic probably yeah you know um i just don't and and maybe the mushrooms helped in that sense you know yeah at the same time like i think i was too young to be doing them for sure um yeah i think definitely affects the way that i think about stuff it sounds very pretty florida it sounds like a it very, says very florida, florida, florida <laughs> yeah yeah we're all <laughs> fucked down there <laughs> but like i don't regret any of it you know like okay um I had a similar experience with my mom. She she told me my whole life, like, you know, drugs are bad. Da, 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 da. You know, now I n knew where it came from yeah, or the, whatever. The dare generation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like yeah. a lion telling me not to do drugs. I'm like, of course it's a lion. How can I not listen to it? Yeah, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, right. What, are they, what were they thinking? Like, that's going to be convincing a lion? I don't know. Make it a man. lion? Yeah, it, it just And it was a lion convincing it was, people. It was just cartoon. It was it didn't matter that <laughs> it was a, a lion. It was just like it was I don't think I think it could have been a rhinoceros. I don't think the adults in charge of that situation uh -huh. were giving it much thought. I no, think, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. They were fucking getting all that grant money and shit. Exactly. They got a lot of money going somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. For and sure. They had one <laughs> guy like... a fucking lion. Yeah, can you draw up a fucking lion and we're going to take all the money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that shit was weird, man. Dare we all have those shirts and stuff. Yeah. Um, it. I don't even really... Because that... So I, I don't even really remember my childhood either. Yeah. Like at all. How, are you in therapy? I'm not. I'm. I'm. I. I'm doing twelve step. Yeah, and, and that's really working Similar. for me. Yeah, I want to. Therapy fucking, never worked. You know what's fucked up? Like, Are I, you in therapy? I want to be. I did it uh, about. I don't even know if it's a year or two years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. Like, I did it a little bit ago, um, and I had three sessions. Just so fucking expensive, man. I don't have insurance. It was like 150 bucks a session. Yeah. And after the third session, I was like, but the, so I have, I have, I have a tip for you. If you do want to try to get back into it, yeah, I do. uh, because I, I'll tell you off air, but I, um, I did try to go. So before I kind of, well, and I was kind of dabbling around and trying to figure out what I needed to do. I did get into therapy. Um, but it, you know, I've been in and out of therapy my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it just never worked. Like I always like put on, I either put on an air or I try to make them laugh mm -hmm. or like I get in there and I just avoid everything for, you know, forever, you know, like I will never address anything. Well, that was the cool thing about paying the 150 bucks. It's like, I'm going to fucking tell you exactly. You know what I mean? Like even then I feel like I never got anywhere. Have you done therapy before? Uh, yeah, I'm not when, against therapy. I'm very pro. Yeah, therapy. yeah, yeah. No, when I was a, when I was like really young, but I would tell them stuff and they'd tell my parents. So I was like, sort so of. So you stopped telling them things. 
Well, I was sort of like fuck therapy for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, I was really young, and this is before I started eating mushrooms. <laughs> so this is before I was twelve, right? Okay, yeah. I never went to therapy after that until I decided to. So your parents were kind of aware. Were you getting in trouble in school? Is that what got yeah, you? Yeah, I didn't give a fuck. I was just a fucking weirdo. Yeah, you know, just yeah. like really odd and couldn't make normal social connections. Okay, didn't really care about school. Didn't care about much really so they were like this kid needs to get in the therapy i saw this movie he's gonna be a school shooter what <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly um i saw this movie fucking lorenzo's oil i forget what it was about it was like this kid had this disease and he got all like real messed up from it and it sounded like add it was like an it was like a um what is it called an acronym right yeah See, I'm too dumb. I don't know. Whatever. When you have an abbreviation when, for like the letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I think it's an acronym. I don't know. It, it sounded like ADD. And then I got like a I test. I stayed back in eighth grade. I don't know. <laughs> and then I got the test for for actual ADD. Yeah. And I'd seen this Lorenzo's Oil movie and he had And did something. you just emulate I think it was my, what you saw there? No, no. This was like a physical disease and the kid almost died and stuff. Uh. But then they told me I had ADD and I thought it was this <laughs> thing that this kid had in this movie. And I freaked the fuck out. Like I free and, and they lied to me and they told me you don't have it. It's okay. Because uh, you freaked out? Because I freaked out. Wow. That much. And and then the, I never got diag- like t- technically diagnosed because of that. Wow. Which is great, I guess. I mean like. I think I the, di- speed, the whole diagnosis so. thing was crazy anyway. I honestly think I was misdiagnosed. I honestly think I'm dyslexic and it was misdiagnosed as oh, ADD interesting. Because, um, because I am so kind of, uh, you know, control oriented where like I'll, okay, I'm going to understand what this is. Mm-hmm. It just will take me twice three times as long as the normal person should interpret it and so and that's what what was the and that's what they diagnosed as add was because i was taking twice or three times as long to complete these tasks that they were assigning me yeah i mean i think it's a weird thing a lot of the people i know that have been diagnosed with add can do something really well yeah it's it's it it is hyper focus is that right yeah, so it's like hyper focus, but in kind of the wrong ways. It's not in the you know. It's like it works for adults, but when you're a kid and you're supposed to be listening to what the adults are saying, it's it's not right. ideal. Right. Well, in terms of like programming, I've heard this like new saying. Um, neurotypical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. I like that. Paradigm. Neurotypical and neuroatypical. It's 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 weird because like hearing that in the context, like there's something about, I like it. I no, I like it as well. Yeah. But hearing it in the context, I guess like because I, I we were we grew up in like a different sort of aspect. There's like this weird sort of push against it. Yeah. Um, but or, I like that like labeling in general towards labeling in general. Yeah, but like yeah. that paradigm, I totally agree with. Like there is too. no normal. I actually find a lot. I've found a lot of really cool things on TikTok and there is like, if you use the algorithm, right, you can really like have these like 
self-affirming and educational, you know, parts of the algorithm. Like you can surf the algorithm. Oh, that's cool. Uh, that's actually my, my bio is that just algorithm surfing because oh, it's like, you can like surf the algorithm into like these lanes. Like if you need kind of affirmations that you can go down this way and just start liking, it's all about, it's all about what you let play through all the way and what you interact with. So hmm. like, if you don't like something, if you don't like dancing or you don't like this other side of things, there's like lanes of TikTok. So yeah. it's all about like, if you don't like if you don't like that content, just skip it. If you do like it, like, you know, react to it mm. or and let it play all the way through. If you really like it, you know, let it play all the way through a few times. Like like uh, like it, comment, co copy the link. Like there's ways that you can like make the algorithm like go in directions you want it right. to go in. Yeah. Totally. And it and that and that Chinese algorithm is like super responsive it's hyper responsive. interesting yeah 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 i find it really interesting but there's really interesting people that have like there's therapists on there that have like informational pages you know and then it's like and then it's like if you want to hear more go to my youtube sure you know or if you want longer form videos go to my youtube yeah go to my instagram cool. and it's like tiktok is being used as this hook toward longer form. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I like it a lot. My friend was asking me to get a TikTok today. I don't create on it. I just surf. Yeah. And and he, I don't know, he like made a video and he got a bunch of likes or something. They, they the, the service TikTok in specific will boost, like if you get on there and you, you like, they'll, they'll hook you. So they'll like make something hit and they'll give you that adrenaline rush mm. from likes and interaction yeah, on like an early post you make to keep you going. And wow. then they'll give you a taste of that every so often. That's crazy. And you see it with people like I had like a lot of interaction and now I don't know what happened. I think I'm shadow banned. It's like, no, there's millions of people on this app wow. and they need to let one person shine every once in a while. That's interesting because it's like it's kind of democratic, but also in like a very like gambling sort of way. And it definitely I mean? is. It, it you got to see it for what it is. They're definitely taking taking advantage of how they know the brain chemistry re reacts to. Well, that's what all these Instagram media. yesterday tried getting rid of uh, showing likes. That, yeah, yeah, they've been talking about that forever. It lasted they, they, for a day. They killed it in Australia, so they got rid of the likes. I believe so. You, I, I'm on, I'm on the fence about it. You know, again, I didn't grow. I don't even look at people's numbers. Like, I don't look at how many numbers people. I, I, I look at followers. I do look at followers. You know, I get for kids growing up with it. I think there shouldn't be the likes and stuff. And I guess I should be willing to sacrifice it overall in a business sense. <laughs> I'm like, I like having the likes because then I'm like, okay, people like this. People don't like this. But I think it is valuable. It's, that, it's very valuable. Yeah I, can, yeah. I can sort of measure. Okay. People like this. People don't like this. I should keep doing this. I should not keep doing that. Not like that's. I'm not the super only good way. at. I'm not even great at that. I'm like, I know how to create this one type of content. Either it's going to work or it's not, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's so more respectable. Like <laughs> no, that's way more respectable. I, and I was just going to say, it's not like that determines everything that I'm doing. Yeah. But I do make my living off of it. So I have to consider it. I can't not consider it. But like I could understand being a kid today and 
I couldn't even imagine measuring yourself against likes on somebody else. And then I was already so insecure without social media. Like Facebook was introduced when I graduated high school. Right. Like when I got on Facebook, you still needed a college. You still needed a college email address to join Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I graduated high school, I was only able to join Facebook because I got a college email address. Whoa. And like, like I am, well, we did MySpace, like you did stuff like that, but like, mm-hmm. I wasn't as tapped into it. Yeah, me neither. I, mean, I was doing drugs. Uh huh. I was playing punk music. Yeah. And doing drugs. Yeah, I was not and selling weed. Yeah, you no, know, like not associating with a social yeah, scene. And I had, really. I had a job. Yeah. Like I was doing shit. I wasn't yeah. worried about fucking MySpace. Man, I wasn't doing shit. I was just getting <laughs> fucked up and playing music. <laughs> yeah. You were playing music. Yeah. So yeah, what, yeah. what, what did you play? I played bass in this band, um, but I mean, I played a bunch. That's funny. A, I was a bassist too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever start playing shows, or did you just- yeah, we were playing shows and stuff, but we never, we never toured, which was always like kind of frustrating to me. I think they went on one tour, but I was like out of the band okay. by then. Um, yeah, I was, I was wanted to like push it forward and do something with it. Um, yeah, never really. I mean, it was fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. I loved doing it. Um, so, okay. Let me just reset it here. So you're young. You, when you start doing mushrooms, we kind of address that it, you know, it did explode your brain a little bit, mm-hmm. but you, you were able to find forgiveness. You were able to find kind of your place in the universe that, which is that, you know, it's pretty inconsequential. Yeah. Which is, I think very helpful to learn young. Yeah. You know, and and so and then you're in and then you kind of move through high school as, you know, an artist and a musician and and you kind of yeah. you kind of find your voice that way. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I didn't give a sh- I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care what people I really didn't care what people thought about me. You know, I didn't like I remember there was this project in uh it wasn't even a project. In 10th grade, we had uh in my history class, it was the only AP class I had. I had like a good class. I was like good at history, I guess. I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, That's cool. I like history now. But yeah, no, me too. But like, I, I, I don't feel like I'm educated enough on it. But like, I was in this AP class. Um, and this one kid in the class told me, he messaged me like on Sunday. And he's like, we have this uh, project due on Monday. You got to do this project. And I started messaging other people in the class, like, tell me more, like, what do I have to do for the project? And da, 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 da. It was all, they were all bullying me. It was all made up. There was no project. There's... And I did this whole project because this kid made this thing up. <laughs> That's and, pretty elaborate. And so, I, yeah, <laughs> no, the whole class must have thought I was a fucking weirdo you know what i mean because they like they were all in on it that's pretty elaborate dude like literally everyone (laughs) against me i didn't even think about that see it took years later for me to look back and be like oh they were fucking with me that's so weird because my place in school you would have asked me i'm like i never even heard of this thing (laughs) right right i was asking the people that i thought would know shit yeah this is like when we had aim you know what i mean so i'm like sure yeah that's so weird yeah that's a weird bully no for sure and uh that's such a weird move yeah so it was like i got bullied like a little bit but i didn't even notice it so i wouldn't even call it being bullied it didn't affect you at all Oh, I was so <laughs> fucked up, dude. That's cool. I was high and I was I fucking... I appreciate that. Yeah. 
because I think it helped. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, I definitely, you know, was mean, but not really on purpose to people. I just wanted to, you know, try to make people laugh. And if trying to make these people laugh meant you were the butt of the joke, then that's all. Then that's what I was yeah, doing. Definitely. You know, and that's all. It, I've just always tried to make people laugh. And but but I was all I thought I was going to be a musician. You know, I thought I was going to yeah. be like a fucking you know a rock star how does that how does that tie in you being a musician and then making people laugh i just i just wanted a reaction out of people uh yeah yeah interesting yeah i guess just being an artist in general you you sort of want some sort of reaction were you tied into that at all or you 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 know yeah man i mean that i was because you were playing music yeah i was playing music i was painting and whatever you know okay but it wasn't in a cool way you know (laughs) i was just doing it like no, you were very detached from trends. Detached from yeah, I played Halo a lot cool. too, though. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that was my that was my. You life. were definitely the kind of guy yeah. that I would hang out with. like. One of my good friends, we you know, he was super into video games. He uh, really really talented artist. You know, a little bit of a weirdo. Didn't really talk to that many people, but you know. But my, in my town, the stoners were kind of cool, though, too. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely there was a little bit of that. That's cool. Yeah, we didn't have that. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, the 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 fucking high school I went to for the first two years, like, had a MTV had a show there called The Press. Weird. Yeah, Joe Biden gave, who's our president now, he was the vice president at the time, came down and like gave a speech. You know, it was like. For an MTV show? Uh, no, no, no. For the oh. gra- for the graduation. But I just mean like the school. There was like 5,000 people in the school. Wow. So it was a big school. Yeah, it was huge. So, okay. So it was it was very much like. It's like the school you saw on like 90s movies. A hundred percent. Yeah. It was, it was that. And I didn't even really comprehend what the. That's wild. The archetypes in 90s movies. Yeah. When I was in high school. Again. But it was so real that's what it was like in retrospect wow that's crazy because my school you know i think i graduated with like a little over a thousand people wow maybe you know i think maybe a thousand people you know so that's wild no that's cool i feel you get more like you're able to get more personal and stuff i think it kind of messed me up a little bit because i was kind of you know i was able to make a bigger noise in a smaller pool where then when i tried to make a noise in a big pool I got I got crushed a little bit. That's interesting. You saying that makes me realize I had the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you were crushed or young. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and you were cool with it. Yeah. I didn't even know I was being crushed. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you know, I was like, eh, what? you know, whatever. I kind of just put that together. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I definitely got crushed a little bit in Boston where I was like trying to like do things and like, you know, and, and just never really catching sure little you know that's that that is what the process is you know to to, to do something successful you need to fail 99 times to succeed the once well the social aspect i think of just anything like if you're, if you're going to be an artist and you're going to try to um make it like a integral part of your life that you can continue to do forward and funding it doing that you know i think you have to be sort of like tapped into these social um aspects of whatever you're involved in like it can't just be the thing you can't just be out of pure passion i hate to fucking say that well and you kind of need to be okay with failure in a way you know you you need to be okay like to like 
you know, to, to fail publicly. Yeah, as definitely. an artist, really. I think, and I need to stand by this more, but I think the better an artist, the more willing they are to fail publicly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so did you go to college? I, I got an associate's degree in liberal arts. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Where at? Uh, Broward Community College. Yeah. Where's that? In Florida? Uh, yeah, yeah. In, okay. uh, in Florida, in Broward County. And, um, and then I, and then I got an associate's in that. And then I went to a vocational college type thing up in New Jersey called Salem Community College. And it was for like a uh, scientific glasswork. Okay. And I did that for a year and I was like, fuck this. I just want to work for myself. Yeah. I never wanted to go to art school. I never wanted anyone like telling me. How do you get from being this kind of willing? <sighs> so this, this willing kind of, this willingly awkward kind of outcasty kid. I wasn't even willing, dude. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't. I had social cues weren't a thing that I understood at all. Really? At all. See, I was governed by them a lot. I made, I, made, I remember I made, this, I made out with this girl and she grabbed my balls and I was making out with her. And then I remember like going to school, like, you know, on Monday, talking to this girl in my class about it. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I had no idea. That, you know what I mean? Really? I had no idea that meant there was, she wanted to do more than make out. I was confused. <laughs> really? Yeah, I had no idea. That I was completely clueless. I was completely governed by social you know, wow. trying to like be accepted and be funny and like, huh. you know, and, and, and yeah, like, and, and I, I mean, little did I know I was trying to entertain people and that's really what it was. Sure. I was sure. just kind of fogged up, you know, smoking weed constantly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but still wanting to be entertaining and seeing the results of like what that yeah brings. yeah like i would i would i didn't understand that yeah like but yeah. but at the same time like be i was all i was likable i was never you know people liked me but i was never yeah. i was definitely not overly socially awkward yeah. I, I just was into socially awkward things you know I sure, was sure into you know kind of alternative music and i was right. into alternative you know leaning styles sure sure so but I was definitely governed by what people think and how they think and, and why they think it. Yeah. It's an, so, I think so it's, it's kind of mind blowing that like you just weren't even attached to that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about it. Cause it's weird thinking back on it. Really? Cause I'm a complete, yeah. Cause I'm a completely different person. I mean, I was a kid, you know? Okay. But Seeing how that's let, because now I'm super aware of it. Okay. What? So what? So what I do want to touch upon is kind of after school. So you go to school to to learn how to create scientific glass. Yeah. Scientifically functioning glassware, which yeah. is like hyper, you know, formed and and measured. It's meant for measuring. Right. You know, and to take heat and all that. Sure. Uh, how? So this might overlap a little bit. How do you get from scientific to functional to, to, you know, um, to, you know, tobacco use only? I don't, I don't think it's that big of a bridge. You know, I think having all the plumbing and stuff that you need for like a tobacco use pipe. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, we don't even need to say it that way I know, anymore. I just felt like it was a funny way to put it. My fucking PayPal and Venmo just got canceled because I sell pipes. Really? Everybody in my shop. Really? Within a week. Within a week. 
we all got our shit shut down, which is insane. I didn't it, even know that was a whole thing. Uh, me neither. Because it's still it's We're still federally Maine. considered paraphernalia. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't even even consider it. Something to do with the way that PayPal and Venmo filed their taxes or some shit. I don't know, but yeah, crazy. Uh, I think they are down. trying to become banks. I think that, that makes sense. Yeah, so they're probably sense. trying to clean house. Yeah, they kick they kicked us out. Wow. So tobacco what? use only. Tobacco use only. Yeah. So, so. um yeah, uh I think that the scientific stuff was a precursor to that with like the the plumbing for the pipes and all that and stuff. And you were using it. You were aware yeah, yeah, yeah. that glassware was like a thing and and that it was, you know, yeah, is that why you pursued scientific glass um no i so i started blowing glass because pretty much i grew up with all these painters and stuff and i was painting as well and they were like so much better than me and i found this glass blowing studio and sort of latched onto it i was already smoking weed and i had like pipes and i thought they were really cool or i had a pipe but i always thought it was like the idea of pipes were like really cool yeah um and i found this glass blowing studio started you know, going there and whatever and like blowing glass there. And I knew that like my friends weren't doing that, my painter friends. So it was like, this is how I can be better than you guys at something. So you like, did you can't eventually try to, you know, be, you know, shine at something. Cause I think that yeah. picking up on those social things that we were just talking about mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, you're, you're almost, you're aware that you want to shine at something. You're aware that you want to be better than other people at something. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what these social cues instill in you. Yeah. And so you did kind of start to pick it up in your, you know, environment in within artists. You kind of wanted to one up the people. You yeah, around. totally. I mean, I couldn't as a painter, you know, so. So you kind of felt insecure about a hundred percent yeah your art yeah yeah definitely so the glass was sort of like a way to be like all right like you guys can't do this that's cool. <laughs> at all yeah that's really cool yeah and they're also you know down there painting and they're amazing really know? anybody you yeah. want to shout out point point people yeah toward? rainier gamboa fucking insane uh gabriel korea amazing uh galad i forget his last name Super amazing. Like, what kind of are are they doing canvases or yeah, yeah, like oil paints and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, just like that's really cool. So so good. And like then there was like all these photographers and stuff too. They were they were all like really tapped into the art thing. Okay. You know, and that was really attractive to me. I didn't really understand it, but yeah. I gravitated towards it and just kind of played with it. You know. Yeah. Um. You wanted to be. You wanted that to be your community. That you, is what I. Yeah. You exactly. wanted to have some standing in that community. Well, even to this day, like not even standing, just like um, community with it, right? So, sure. like, even to this day, like that period of time that I had with those people, I want to recreate something like that. Like that's almost more important than the work that I make, or you know, my my ideas of is the Art is the whatever. fact that you come from those those are your peers and you want to continue to shine a light on that or you want to well, no, it's like it's you want to create new community well yeah it's a new community it's like being in love with that time right like the feeling of that time yeah was so influential to me that i would like to be able to re contribute that back you know 
but I have to get into that space again in, in, in order to do that. I don't think that will ever. I feel like it's part of being again. young as well. You're, you, you, you know, you're, you're a lot more sure. prone to be a part of a community and, 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 and lean on the people around you and, and, and pick them up and they pick you up and, you know, and, 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 you know, be a spokesman for your friends, you know, like they're so cool. We're all doing really cool things. I think that's, that's definitely, I feel like that definitely happens a lot more when you're young. Yeah. But to tie it in, in Portland specifically where we are, I feel like there is a level of that there because there's so much art here because it is a smaller city that community is very important here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's part of why I like Maine so much or, yeah. or Portland, at least like there are all these little pockets of like different, there's like makers and stuff. Like I know there's like little group of like woodworkers and I'm like, I'm in love. Like I love the glass thing and there's a great glass community up here. There is. Yeah. But it's my life, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm consumed with it. And, and so I, you're interested in these. Other I'm things. interested in other things. Yeah. But that's kind of what it is. Like if you, you know, yeah, there's these pockets, but it's like, Oh, the wood guys are doing cr- crazy stuff. And, and this, these guys painting are doing, you know, this guy's really good. And this guy's really, and it's like, it, it's kind of, it kind of all ties together, you know? Yeah, definitely. It, which is nice about being in a smaller city is that you can kind of mesh those mesh these different pockets of community for sure. together. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to do with this. I'm trying to highlight those people and, and, and give, cause my theory is, is that the, the better, you know, an artist performer, uh, entertainer, you know, or the artist, uh, entertainer or business owner. Yeah. So the better, you know, that person personally, the more likely you will be, uh, uh, you, the more likely you'll be a, an engaged fan. Yeah. It's interesting. Like not to go against that. I think that's a, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like, I love like learning about like these, uh, personalities and stuff with like bands I like and stuff. Personally, I feel like, oh, I don't want people to equate who I am with my work, even though it's inevitably intertwined, right? Yeah. I don't know why, but I feel like who I am in my work are these like completely separate things. I want my work to speak for itself. I don't want to have to speak for my work. You know what I mean? Like whatever. I think your work does. I think your work definitely does speak for itself. But I think that in today's culture, people want to know the artist. Yeah, no, I think I want to know the artist. Like I'm you like to know the artist you like. No, totally. I'm totally interested in I don't know why I feel that way, but that 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 is uh, my perspective on it for sure. Okay. Now we're back from a technical glitch and uh bathroom break. Let's bring it back around. So you were part of this great artist community that you really respected in Florida. Yeah. And you started blowing glass in order to kind of have your own voice within that community. Well, I mean, I think I just wanted to be looked at the way that I looked at them, you know? And you felt like you weren't getting that with with painting or... No, I feel like I've never gotten that anywhere ever. You know what I mean? And it's it's weird because I make my living off of making art you know yeah but, i mean your glass is incredible no thank you i appreciate it but 
I still don't feel that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do you wanted feel- to position myself to feel the way that I looked at them. You know what I mean? Which isn't, you know, it's it's all subjective or whatever, but I want to feel that way about I wanted to feel that still want to feel that way about myself, you know, with the work that I make. I want to look up to my own work. <laughs> yeah. So not that I it's just it's just it's 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 hitting me as strange that you know you had this completely you had this completely um you know nonchalant attitude when you were young you weren't worried about what people thought about you in high school you weren't you weren't worried about being you know socially accepted in the slightest but then when you when you get into this artist community, you're, you're, you know, well, cause I don't think I, like, I didn't give a shit about anyone in high school. I didn't look at anyone in high school was like, Oh, that's cool. You, you know? didn't respect what they were doing. Not really. You know, like there were like the little kids in the fucking emo scene or whatever, the little, like the outcast people or the stoners. And I'd be like, Oh, there's like the one cool kid in that scene, but they never had anything to back up their coolness they just liked music they just seemed a little bit intimidating and there wasn't much to back it up so it's like i didn't i didn't really care you know but like yeah these i remember meeting this painter and his room was filled with these paintings and it was like holy fuck like you're you have stuff to back up who you are which like i don't really believe that people need but that perception of him as a painter and her as a photographer his girlfriend um just transformed the way that i like the interact with the world i think yeah you started you wanted to impress him you wanted to impress them uh yeah yeah that whole group so that was your driving force was just to impress them not really to rise above but just to get their approval yeah totally and then the glass was able okay now i'm completely separate you know what i'm saying so yeah i don't even have to rise above because no matter what you can't do this <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> sure yeah. and did you get that from them through, through the glass no of course not because it was all in my head yeah yeah none of it was real like you were saying before it's a thing when you're a kid yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you kind of circled back around to you know accepting these insecurities that you know usually you shed as you come into adulthood but since you kind of shed them young you kind of circled back around and you kind of got into that mindset again yeah a little bit older and i still yeah no and i still think i have those same insecurities like i I don't think i'm making work that's (laughs) sounds so terrible but i don't think i'm making work that's worthy unless I'm trying to one up or impress myself. Yeah. If I'm not doing that, then what's, what's your favorite part of the process? That's such a hard question. I, I, I really don't know. Like the creating, because it takes the, what like keeps you coming back to, you know, blowing glass creating, you know, well, I don't think it's just about blowing glass for me. You know, it's like just the, process of creating something like the mo- the motivation to do something making myself the laborer of my will i think would be the best way to 
describe that. And then looking at the fruit of my labor and moving forward from there. Just because you are good at it now. And do you feel like you are good at it now? Yeah, I feel like I'm a good glassblower. But like what I'm talking about is an artistic process. Like that's more valuable to me than just being a good glassblower. You know what I mean? Like you could be good at you could be good at something. You know what I mean? Um, but it doesn't really have value unless you can bring value to it. A lot of people like to think, okay, I can do this really well. I'm content with that. Not a lot of people like to think. I don't know what a lot of people. Yeah, think. I'm not trying to get too like a pharaoh. Like I want to, I want to establish it in reality. Like, yeah, I want to know. Like I don't like, think what there's anything fucking up in the morning. Yeah, you know? what gets a fuck, my cat? Look, I don't think there's <laughs> anything impressive with being. There's minimal impressiveness with being very good at something. Right. Back to these painters. Right. They were good. I knew people that were better at. Uh, describing a physical thing with a paintbrush you yeah. know they expressed themselves and also had the skill what kind of painting were they doing were they doing like realism stuff were they doing yeah it was like it was like a fantasy realism i, okay. I don't know what you would call i like that it. i like that type of painting it, it's sure. amazing yeah i'll have yeah. to show you afterwards it's so yeah. fucking cool um but being able to express yourself i think is the what i find interesting yeah this is all all i really so do you feel like you're expressing yourself through glass i feel like i have and i am you know in a way um how how so i've always been curious because i feel like glass is definitely yes it's an art there's no debating that the high-end glass is an art. What you're doing is an art, and I'll put some stuff up so that people can have context while yeah, they, yeah. you know, are. They'll be like, "This guy hates his work." Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're doing, I mean, it's mind blowing, and and what you're doing is definitely art. And you don't even just blow, you know, you don't even just do functional pieces. You do these artistic pieces as well, and these collabs with other people, and you do. You have a very impressive style, but, um, but you know, it's also a trade. And mm -hmm. so there is this line of like glass blowing is one of those. Yes, it's an art, but it's also a trade. Yeah. And it's also a way that you're making money where like painters, you know, they can find ways to make it a trade, you know, if they're doing portraits or they find ways for people to pay them or they do like these or like the, like these dog portraits are kind of big right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Everybody's got a fucking dog. But and yeah. so it's like everybody's getting dog portraits, you know, and so that's kind of a big thing. But like, do you see it as a trade or do you see it as expressing yourself through the glass? Oh, man, it's so hard. Like, I I. I mean, it's so hard in terms of perception. Like, it's pretty, it's fine <laughs> overall. But like, I feel like uh, as a job, it's a trade, right? Um, but my reason for getting into it wasn't for it to be a trade. And I'm so fucking lucky that I get to spend every day blowing glass. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I never thought that was a thing. Okay. I didn't. I didn't realize that. So that's what keeps you coming back is like, I get to do this. No, 
No. no, that's not what keeps me coming back. I'm just trying to like make sure that it's known that I'm grateful for it. Like I, re- I don't think you sound ungrateful. I really yeah, don't. I, I feel think, like I do. I feel like I feel like you're trying to be this brooding artist, and I'm trying to cut through that. Okay, and, and to get and to get. No, I'm being honest. I'm yeah, not- no, and I and I and 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 you are a brooding artist, and I'm trying. I'm just trying to shake you up a bit. Yeah, I I. The work I want to make. I don't know if it will pay my bills. So that's not a trade. I mean, you must go into some pieces like this has sold well before, so I'll do another one and then Yeah, because my landlord fucking makes sure of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, so yeah. there is this aspect our, of a our trade. Landlord. <laughs> there is this aspect of a of a craftsman, being a craftsman, you yeah. know. Like this piece, this last one sold for a lot and quickly. So I'll do another one of those so I know I have that to sit on and then I'm able to do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There 100%. is a, there is some of that. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And I mean I think also you're not you're not Pollock, you know, you're not just in you're not getting off by throwing glass against No, the but like oh, I think Pollock that's a really great example. He did portraits before. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Like people knew him for his portraits. Exactly. He had a foot in the door doing the portraits and then he fucking was like I'm an alcoholic and I want to spill shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And people were like, all right. So you got your foot in the door with this drip work. I can make my living doing it. Yeah. And like, that's something for sure. Yes. Um, But like, I, maybe I want to just spill shit everywhere, <laughs> you know? And yeah. that's, and, and that's, you still have plenty of time to do no, that. No, for sure. And that's what I'm saying is like, that is the separation between the trade and the art. That being said, the tra- the trade that I exist in, yeah. I created that lane for myself through art. Yeah. You know? That's really cool. Not everybody can say that. Like, I wonder how many times Pollock spilt all this shit and he was like, yeah, I feel, still feel man. really good about this. You know, 10 years of spilling shit. He had you know? to have started to hate it. I would think so. I would think so, too. <laughs> yeah. you Because you, as a human being, you want novel experience. You just yeah. want new stuff. And now it's like everybody expects me to spill shit. Right. And I want to, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing a portrait. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you want to go back to it. Yeah. That's a real thing though. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to play punk music again or whatever. Yeah. You know, I want to Abs- fuck around with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The new and, fresh eyes or whatever. Yeah. Years, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I struggle with it because. I'd like to be an artist, you know, I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to be able to just do comedy or just like tell stories or just do this, you know, but it's like, I did get get into a trade, you know, and I got into, and my trade is supporting other artists, but there's not a lot of art in engineering, you know, it's a science, it's, it, it's, it is a trade and I, and I'm lucky and I love my job. Because I do get to be around creative people. I do get to be in that supportive role. I am really good at that. And it is fulfilling. But I do have this itch of, you know, expressing myself, helping other people express themselves, you know, like, like pull that out of you. Like, yeah, okay, it is a trade, you know? Yeah, yeah okay, I do have to go to work every day. But, but... I find days within that that I throw that I'm able to throw some glass against the wall. You're able you're able to express yourself. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I feel How like, do you how do you make time for that? How do you manage that? 
I do shit like this, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I mean, I was doing open mic comedy. Um, but At even, Empire before? Yeah. But even that was tough because it's like, this is a hard town to do comedy in. And it's a hard town to get good at comedy in because there's a handful of open mics. Like you go to a bigger city like New York or L.A., there are a number of mics you can go to every night of the week. Mm. So like I was in L.A. for a week and I got more work done on five minutes than I did in five years doing it here. Really? Yeah. And so it's like I just kind of realized that like. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that here. But back to what we were talking about before, like, are you trying to do it as a trade or are you trying to, not trying to, are you doing it as a passion? Yeah. I have the luxury to only do it as a passion because I have this trade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so mine are separate. And so that's why, that's why I am intrigued by, when you have it in one place. Yeah. Mine have always been separate. I've always smart. had work and then a hobby. I think that's smart. And the one time I did try to tangle them up together, it exploded in my face. Yeah. You know, like I, I tried to do I tried to do sound for this band and I lived with them and it was like a really intense part of life and it was really creative and 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 emotional and expressive and it was incredible it was an incredible time and and i was in my 20s so i really enjoyed it um and like i lived with the band and we and and i'd i'd help them with practice and then so that they could really kind of focus on the music and then get them on the road and you know as it goes with bands it fizzled out you know unless you're unless you hit it big i feel like yeah, some bands, definitely. you know, unless you hit it big, you know, you end up fucking hating each other. You got like really, ten years really quickly, yeah. yeah. And even still, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. You you know, if 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 you don't if you don't get if you don't have if you don't have a step forward within like the first five years, people lose interest. Definitely. And so I kind of was on the tail end of that, but it was like a really great time in my life. But that was the one time I tried to like I was passionate about my trade. And it just like, and, but at that time I did find comedy too. That's cool, man. I've never seen you do stand-up. I would really like to see that. I'm not that good. I'm not good. Well, I know. I haven't, well, I haven't, (laughs) I haven't been able to do it much, you know. Uh, I would have, I would have still like to see it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it sucks. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) I make people very uncomfortable. Man, how do you deal with that? Like I hear, because I'm watching all these fucking podcasts now. Yeah. And it's like, this is my uh, community. Like this is my conversations that i get to have with people like during the pandemic yeah i hear bombing is the worst thing like have you bombed before what's that like yeah over and over and over and over i tell the story a little bit when i get when i in the in in my conversation with with tim duffy um but and i don't know the order that these are going to come out but i mean when i first started i did okay and I would get laughs because it was new, it was raw, it was exciting, and I was just telling stories. And I had crazy stories because right. I was an active drug addict. And so right. I had and so I just went on stage and I told people the truth about what was happening in my daily life. And it was shocking and funny and and oh man, you know, and so I was able to like 
get a taste of it and like be good at it and get laughs and be engaging. And then it was like TikTok when they give you that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and then Instead I, of the dopamine coming from like them giving you five million followers, you're getting the dopamine from doing a bunch of blow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then getting on stage. <laughs> right, right. You know, and do it in the bathroom and then get on stage. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and so the combination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um and then I kind of got sick of that and I was like, I can't keep doing it that way. I wanted to start to write material and then I did nothing but bomb for years. I've what, done you started writing but, material. Yeah, I've done nothing but bomb for like the past I mean four years. So what does that feel like? It feels like uh so the best way I can put it is uh I'll I'll describe one time that it happened. Um I get on stage and I am just nothing's working. I'm not I'm getting like how long are you up there for? A minute. Wait, one minute? Oh no, I'm up there for five. That's five minutes. So, but <laughs> I, I'm up there for one minute and then this starts to happen. Oh, okay. I like kind of I and there's not a lot of people in the room either. And so and this was and so what happened was is that it just you could feel like I was getting pity laughs. I was getting like, ah, he ha. Oh, that sounds hot. Yeah. And so so what happened was I was like, well, if we, if we're going to be quiet, then let's just be quiet. And I just got everybody to be quiet. For how long? As long as I could stand it. Whoa. So that's, that's, and so I got, so I got everybody to be quiet and I could literally like the HVAC was deafening. The HVAC, you know, that's supposed to be. Wait, this background why would you do hum. that though? You're like, I'm like, this isn't working. I was already, it just so I already wasn't to, working. You're so, like, I'm suffering. I so want to suffer as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, and so and so and actually, I saved it that way because I'm like, all right, if we're if we're just leaning toward being quiet, then let's just be quiet together. And so I got so everybody was just quiet with me. They I I tuned into the oh, into, I tuned in the HVAC and the HVAC became deafening. And, and, and then the bartender started to clean and there was, and she clanked a glass. I was like, can you keep it down back here? We're trying to do something. And that got a little bit, that got a pop. Uh-huh. And I was like, thank you. Good night. Whoa. That's crazy, man. I got to see you do stance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there, there's, you know, but I, there's number of times where you get up and you try and you try and you try and you try and you try. And you don't stop trying and then you leave stage, you know, it's like that time yeah. I just accepted it. I just stopped trying because yeah. I was like, I'm not, if this, I'm not going to try to give you material that I think is good when, when what has worked in the past didn't. Right. You know? Yeah. A lot of it's like audience based. It's all audience based. It's, it's an, all audience It's an audience based art. It, it 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 is nothing without reaction. Oh man, that's such a weird. Such and a, so and so that's what's that's why it's so hard to get good at in a small town is because you need to get in front of an audience to get good at it. And you're in front of this small. And when there's no audiences, it's really hard to get good. Yeah, like what what were the turnouts like at Empire? I mean, they just had started getting better. When Before this all this went shit. down, because yeah. it turned into Empire Comedy Club, 
And, right, right. And uh, it had just started getting good, but for the whole time I've been here, you know, you're. It would start off, you know, there's there's 20, 30 comedians that are trying to get on stage, but then you you end up at the end of the list or you get there late or it's a or it's or it's a or it's a lottery list and you end up and you go up at the end of the night, you know, you're going up in front of the three comedians that are waiting, still waiting to go up. Right. And the host and the bartenders. I obviously get into endeavors where I just hit my head against the wall. Mm hmm. And if I'm not if I'm not in an endeavor where I'm hitting my head against the wall, um, I'm not really interested. Like I want yeah. like I want to fight. I want to fight for it. Yeah. And and and, yeah. and the shitty thing is also I hate fighting for it. So I, it's like this turmoil that I'm not sure why I keep getting myself into. These well, it's, it's kind of like masochistic. right? Like with this situation, like I'm it only works if I continue to hit my head against the wall. And it hasn't even started to work yet. And I'm just and I'm just starting to hit my head against. Do you the wall. find when you find yourself in those situations that once it starts to work, you become less interested? I hope not. Well, I mean in past situations. Um no. I mean with comedy, it was when it started to work, I got more into it. It was when I would I would like <laughs> it just stop. Right? I would have like an I would have either an epic bomb or get or get too busy and then and and like not get on stage. for. So months. the bombing thing is motivating. It is a little bit because you want you want to get over it. But it also it take you have to like get over a bomb like when when you have like a really bad one. And then you try to get back on stage. That's that's the nice thing. That's why it's like. That's why it's so hard here is because I I, see. I bomb. I'm I don't really have an opportunity to get back on stage for a week in a bigger city. You bomb. You can go and get back on stage immediately. You, you get right back on the bike, yeah. you know, and it's like, though, it just didn't work in that place at that time. Right. But it works here, you know, and so or. It didn't work and it didn't work and I work and I, and I either make it work or I scrap it, you know? Mm. And so it's like, that's why it is very frustrating trying to do comedy here where like when I started that, that first year that I was doing okay, I was in Boston and, and I was only doing one mic a week, but like, I, I hear it's very hard. I just, but there in was, Boston. There do was you feel an, like it's harder down there? Or up here? There was an audience there. Yeah, sure. There's always people out. Yeah, and it wasn't just comics. Right. I could see that at Empire just being comics. Yeah, it's all just comics. And open mic is and and even in bigger cities, the open mic is just comics, but the mics are so big that not everybody can get on stage. So like, sure, it's a room full of just comics, but it's not the comics that are getting on stage that night. You know? Right. I do look forward to when this all opens up again. Uh, to check it out. I hope Empire comes. Yeah, I hope we. You know, the hope is that Empire comes back. This pandemic, dude. I don't see anybody. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's fucking you up. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, you you de you're definitely taking it harder than some that I know. Yeah, because I give a shit about it. Most people just go and do shit. I give a shit, but at this point, I'm not gonna let it stop me. And now my mom, my mom's vaccinated. So oh, that's awesome. I honestly don't even give a shit anymore. Yeah, my whole family had it, so. They all had it. I shouldn't even be. So what are you worried about? You giving don't want to get it. Some fucking old lady. No, I don't get. I'll be fine. I think I'll be fine. Maybe I'll die. What do you give a shit about stranger old ladies at this point? Look, I think I give a shit about so much stuff in the world, right? Yeah. This is something that I don't have to do much to do something 
you know, I literally have to do less, you know what I mean? Yeah. To help the world supposedly. Sure. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to get it wrong. I have been very vigilant of, I wear a mask in public. I, I want I to wash do yoga my hands constantly. Whatever you know, I I exercise at home. I was always exercise. I never really went to the gym anyway. I always just exercise at home. Oh, that's good. So so, I I it just I mean I know it doesn't look like I exercise, but I do exercise. No, you look but, hot. <laughs> but um, so I just I mean, if your whole family had it. You you don't you don't want the weight of giving it to other people. You don't want that guilt. No, and I don't even know if that's true. I don't. I, don't, I think maybe I'm just fucking antisocial and you're neuro- using as excuse and neurotic. That may, that very well may be true. Yeah, yeah. Which may not be a bad thing because I don't think. I mean, sure, it's not. It's not bad, but. My um, interactions have to be valuable now. Yeah. You know, before I, whatever, I would do whatever, hang out with whoever, you know, like. See, I've been very careful because my goal is to sit here one on one and and I don't I don't want to get you sick. So I've been very vigilant in order not to get my guests sick. Oh, OK. That's been my whole focus. That's why I've taken it seriously at See, all. See, I don't want to get someone at the fucking grocery store sick. Like, I don't give a fuck about anybody at the grocery store. Dude, I don't know. I don't think I do either. And but you're this is not what even going to get... I don't think that's even true. You're but not that's even going to get them sick. Walking through the grocery store with a mask on, I don't know. there's no way you can get them sick. Probably. You're probably right. The only, way, even... the only way it spreads... I mean, and I'm not a you fucking scientist. You have to suck someone's dick, right? You have to suck someone's dick. That's the only way you can spread it. Yeah. You get it in your eye and then you and then you Put take it, on it off dick. of your eye and you wipe their gums with it. That's the only way. That's the only way. You get come you suck a dick and then they come in your eye. And then there's another step though. You you have to take the cum out yeah. of your eye and rub it on their gums. Yeah, like if they just came in your eye, you're yeah, fine. like it's a two-step process. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not just it's not just like you walk some by somebody on the fucking street and they get fucking coronavirus. No, for sure. You it, it's sitting in fucking restaurants. That's it's how people are getting out in the in, restaurants. It's it me and you, if I had it, you would have it. Now I have it. If I had it, okay. now you have it. Okay, so now you have it. <laughs> you're, this is how you're telling me. <laughs> no, 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 man. I, I like tested myself like two days ago. You know? I just got a test on Monday, and I have been hyper vigilant yeah. about it. So I've been I insane. understand. I have, but a I'm fucking test. On I'm me, definitely though. not driving myself crazy about it. I'm not carrying tests around. Yeah, no, I'm crazy. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, a little bit. That's a little crazy. Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't think I'm driving myself crazy either, which is perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, fuck you. This is what I believe. I have conviction about it, right? Yeah. But I think maybe it made us be conviction about me being antisocial and you're just using neurotic. Yeah. I think that may be it. Um, but it's like if you want to fucking deal with me, then you have to deal with this. Yeah. You know, what I don't I mean? think there's anything wrong with it. So like, at least it's antisocial in a responsible way. Yeah. Like it's not. It's not really something to get mad at. I was happy to t- I I didn't take your test that you brought for me. No, because you told me you got tested. But it's literally only because I got tested. I've been getting a test every six weeks. Oh, okay. Like I've I've I get a tickle in my throat for a day and I go get a test. Yeah. I I I'm I'm also so I grew up I grew up um I got strep a lot. Oh really? My whole life, even oh. into an adult into as an adult. As a kid I got it twice a year. Every oh, wow. year. And then, and then as an adult, I started getting it like 
as an adult, uh, when I was 24, 23, 24, I had strep more than I didn't. Whoa. And I was sick for two years. Holy fuck, dude. And and I had to beg. Is, it, is that had, called something? Is there a word? Yeah, my tonsils were just infected constantly. Is that like bronchitis? It, tonsillitis. Tonsillitis. And so, and, and then, and I had a doctor. I So the doctor that I was seeing at the time, like, made me all paranoid about it, too. She's like, this is how Jim Henson died. Jim Henson died from undiagnosed strep. And it, and 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 it went, and the infection went to his heart and killed him. What? And so the same doctor that's getting me all worked up about that strep can kill me would not sign off on getting my tonsils removed. What? And the the first visit, I saw another doctor. They're like, we're taking these things out. Yeah. What the fuck? Dude? I was I was that's insane for two years. I so had, you got to remove when you're like 25, 24? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I know. And Yo, so like get and, rid and, of that call and, him out. What's his full name? <laughs> I don't even remember her name. It was this Irish woman in in fucking Brighton. Oh, it's cuz she's Irish. Okay. But uh so um you just bleep an Irish out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second bleep of the show. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be perfect though, because then no one will know if I. <laughs> you said Irish earlier. <laughs> um, so, 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 and and then and then once I got my tonsils out, I did not get sick for a year. Wow. I didn't even get a cold. I think two years. I didn't even That's get a cold. Yeah. And then re and then recently in the last couple of years, I started getting strep again. So now every time I feel sick at all, I automatically think it's strep anyway. So I was used to going to doctors and getting tests. I was getting a strep test like every six weeks anyway. You know? So you're it's, like ready for the, the corona. Yeah. 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 I've been prepped for this. Yeah. You know, I've been antisocial. You know, I, I like I honestly needed the pandemic to get sober. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Sure. You know, I like kept finding excuses. It was too distracting. Now I'm able to just like do this, go inward, talk to people actually relate to people, mm -hmm. you know, and like I'm thriving. This works for me, but I'm not letting it feed my, you know, shitty parts. Like it yeah. sounds like you might be, but no, no, I think, I think the the more destructive things of going out all the time sure and whatever was and so maybe the excuse was distracting from my neuroticism my antisocial back to like the fucking middle school and like high school shit okay it was like distracting from that you know so it was so oh party. i like people i like the party and da da da, da. and it was fun don't get me wrong but like valueless you yeah. know what i'm saying like now uh I have to be more intentional. I do think you can loosen it up a little bit. And I don't want to like, I don't. You're I, probably right. I don't want to like, a, as a friend, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. like, especially if your whole family's had it, uh -huh. you're not going to spread it in the supermarket. That's not how it's spread. Right. It's spread from, from unprotected exposure with people. And I was doing that before the pandemic. What we're realizing <laughs> is that our whole lives were unprotected exposure with people. Yeah. And that's what's fucking a lot of people up. There are going to be so many more neurotic people. Like neuroticism isn't going to be uh, retained for the Jews anymore. 
Right. Everybody's going to be neurotic right. after this. Right. I'm going to the bar after this. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to get other people sick here. So I want to be, I do want to be very careful because I want to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. But my other thing was, is like, if my, if my mom needed me to come home and like do something, which she mm -hmm. never really would, but like, I didn't want to go home and kill her. And like, I have like seen my grandmother a few times and like, I wanted to be aware of that, you know? And yeah. it's like, and so it's like, I have like, I did have those reasons, but like, if you don't have that, I wouldn't. I, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, it doesn't fully your make sense life doesn't to need to make sense to me. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> I brought tests, didn't I? <laughs> but I now also didn't. I, I still don't disagree. I'll still take a test. No, I but mean, they're like 200 bucks a piece, right? A uh, thousand. What? Two million dollars for each test. No, they're like 50 bucks a piece, man. Oh, really? Yeah. For 300 bucks, I got uh, 20 tests. How do you do it? Is it like a full nasal swab that yeah, you're swabbing you, people? You sure you don't want to? Um, yeah, so you pretty much fuck yourself in the nose like far, real far. Not, How are you getting people to do this? Uh, people want to hang out with me, I guess. You're not that cool. I'm not cool at all. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with these fucking people. Yeah. Like girls? You wanna, you, are you getting girls to test themselves before you hang out? Oh, man. I got blackout drunk with a girl on Saturday. She... She tested herself so I could get blackout drunk. Really? Pretty much. She brought over the whiskey, though. I haven't drank liquor in, like, a year. Really? I've only been drinking beer, yeah. Well, good for you. And then, I guess. And then, like, I, I drank well, it no, like beer. Well, no, good for you to, like, hang out with a girl and get blackout drunk, and that's willing to fucking fuck her face with a swab. I don't, but the thing is, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I mean, nothing bad happened or whatever. You know, I mean, I woke no, you up. You guys, I'm, that's why I'm saying good for you. Good for you. You had a good time. I don't know. I got blackout drunk. I don't know if that's a good time. Like, that the, is, that's the a good last time thing to me. I remember. The last thing I remember, that's not a good time. This is the second time in my entire life we got blackout drunk. Like, I remember we're listening to some music and she's like, Have you heard of Philip Glass before? And I'm like, Oh, yeah, I can play one of his songs on piano. And I remember going to my piano. And starting to play the Philip Glass song, and I couldn't get it right, so I just kept trying to do it. That was the last thing you remember. The last thing I remember, I woke up to Britney Spears' "Toxic" the chords on my phone. So what I imagine happened is I didn't stop playing piano, and she had him trying to sing "Toxic" by Britney Spears. She passed out of my bed. I slept on the floor because she was like, you know, I'm not trying to. Well, no, she told me like, oh, I'm trying to take things slow or whatever. I think I, think I tried kissing her like a date before or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, she's crazy enough to come and take a test. Yeah. So. You're cool whatever. enough. Yeah. You know, well, no, guy. like if you're, you're going to take a test. Yeah. You look the right kind of Jewish. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that worked out. Oh, look huh? at the camera. I didn't. I didn't mean to, man. You fucking call me uh, Jewish. I'm gonna look at the camera, dude. I know. I know. I'm just giving you shit. I did. <laughs> I did that one on purpose to get that to no, see. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like not just just like friends too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm trying to have. I'm trying to. I want to have Sable over for dinner, but she's like Bradley's fucking nuts. I'm not gonna deal with his shit, and I don't blame her. But I want her to come over for dinner because. She's like my support system up here. Like yeah. I miss. She won't. She won't face fuck. She won't do it. Why? She won't. If if <sighs> your money's gonna get spent on a test, I'm not a say no guy. You know, I'm like, right. And that's. <sighs> if I wanted to hang out with you, I'd take a test. You know, I don't. You said you were gonna take one. I did. Yeah, 
I did. You can want to see my results. We should still take one after this. <laughs> want to do it right now? Just to prove that you really wanted to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> see now, <laughs> then it becomes like uh, <laughs> it becomes like you have to prove. You well, have to prove if you like me. I do think that's part of it, though, in my you head. Think, yeah, yeah, like subconsciously, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. Do you really? You re- you want to be my friend? Like, are you willing to watch me get blackout drunk and try to play Britney Spears for you? <laughs> See, I don't have any friends. I need to trick people into this whole facade to just to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta make the standards <laughs> really. Yeah, that's what I do is I make the physical standards super high. You got to fuck yourself in the face. And immediately within an hour, I'm going to tell you about my childhood trauma. <laughs> See, I'm I'm more giving than that. I'm like, come on, tell me about your childhood trauma, and then we'll air it, and it would be cool. It would be fun. It would be good for you. you <laughs> yeah, these, whoever the fuck is going to watch this. Nobody's watching this. Yeah, no one's watching. Nobody's perfect. watching this. Yeah, perfect. No, that's great. <laughs> but if you are watching this, make sure you take a test. Like, if you haven't taken one up to this point, take a test. Go get a test. Buy the rapid test. Stick something up your nose. Oh, I like because I you don't deserve this face fuck, and then you can call me and we'll hang out. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. <laughs> me, you know, I, I'm, I like need to give something away to hang out. You know, it's like yeah. What would you, you give away? This thing? Oh, notoriety. I'm trying to give away notoriety. I'm trying to give away a chance for people to get to know you. Got me to. Oh, I thought about talking about yourself. Got me to show up. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I'm trying to give you something. I'm trying to get give. You people, I'm trying to give you a chance to let your audience know you. Fuck. All right, tight. <laughs> I think we'll wrap it at that. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I really do appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me.